Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. Word of mouth is always the best. You want it to feel authentic. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we've got an amazing woman joining us, Emily Vaca. She's the founder, CEO, and chief designer of Product and Pattern at La Vaca Design House. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right. So before we dive into uh, today's topic, Mini Dip, uh, a very, very fun brand, <laughs> uh, take me back a bit. Uh, you've got a really awesome history kind of in this in this world. And I think it might help set the stage on what led you to kind of like ideating and creating a brand. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, way prior to starting Mini Dip, um, I started in the advertising industry as an art director and designer. So I worked almost 15 years before, you know, going full time with Mini Dip in that field. And I worked on everything from art directing TV commercials to designing packaging that would be on retail shelves uh, to doing websites and apps, um, social content, all, all of the things that are, you know, under the design and art, uh, art direction industry. So, um, definitely got a lot of experience in the advertising world doing that. Um, and that really set up kind of, um, you know, Lavaca Design House for sure. Absolutely. So um, when did you decide to kind of pack up being a professional and kind of go out on your own? Yeah. So I honestly, from the day I graduated college, I started in advertising the next day, but I always had the dream to have my own company one day. Um, That took many different, you know, thoughts of where that might lead along those years. Um, but I always had an entrepreneurial mindset and, and had dreams of having, whether it be my own agency one day or own event design, uh, company, I definitely knew I wanted to work for myself. So, um, even while I was working full-time in advertising, which I always joke is, you know, two full-time jobs themselves, just because of the hours that you put in, um, I always had a side passion. And so, um, I started in advertising in like 2017 or, uh, 2007, 2008 and started my own company in 2012. And that company is what Lavaca Design House is today. Absolutely. So with Lavaca Design House, was there, uh, were you doing a lot of like brand, uh, brand work there or, uh, what kind of led you to pivot from, you know, the design house and agency for kind of, you know, a more uh, approachable term from that world of being like a service business and, and problem solving for people to then kind of launching a product and going, to what many agency owners would say, like the other side of the fence where it seems a lot yeah. more fun uh, to like <laughs> launching a brand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I when I started my uh, Lavaca Design House, it was called Sugar and Gold back in the day. Um, it was primarily a, a blog, a creative space for me to do the more hands-on projects that I missed when I was sitting at a computer and advertising all day long. So it started more in the event design space, interior design space, um, different DIYs and projects I was doing kind of, you know, more hands-on um, 
that developed into, you know, making wedding favors and table numbers for certain uh, clients in the wedding industry or the local boutique down the street that um, I love that had, you know, more stationary and, and party supplies, they needed branding work. Um, so it kind of spread out to industries I was really interested in that maybe were a little bit more fun and playful than, you know, the clients I was working at um, on the advertising side where I was spending more time in production or, or seeing a computer. So it kind of started there, but because I had that background in the advertising agency, um, you know, I, I had that skill set that I could build a brand as well. And it really came down to I was working on all of this packaging and TV commercials for these brands that were sold at Target, at um, big retailers. And I told my husband, I really want my own product uh, one day. That was my goal. And um, he reminded me of the idea of Mini Dip, which came a few years prior. So it went into I had all this experience and I wanted a tangible thing because I loved making things versus. Um, you know, sometimes it was all digital or, or TV commercials weren't as tactile as a physical product with packaging. Um, so I had that love for that. And I wanted to use all of this, you know, experience I had gotten over the years to create my own thing. Didn't know what that was at the time. Um, so, you know, I, I did hand make a lot of things and I always joke if I could have handmade pools myself, that's probably where we would have started. Um, but it definitely was the interest of having a physical product versus um, more service-based industry. Absolutely. And, and you kind of, you kind of spilled the beans there, but like, <laughs> let everybody know that's unaware, like what is a mini dip? What, what, you know, what are the products that you guys are bringing to market? Yes. So Minidip is the first designer inflatable pool. I uh, launched in 2017. It was the first to market basically modern, trendy, adult-friendly inflatable pool. Um, and since then, Minidip brand has really um, kind of expanded a little bit more into the like fun outdoor summer lifestyle space. Um, so we have come uh, some products that really fill, you know, all of that um, kind of experience. But the the primary flagship product is the mini dip itself, which is our inflatable pool line. Yeah. And everybody listening, please go check out the website. The I can tell that you were fantastic at your job of art <laughs> direction. The the product photography here, the content is just amazing. Thank uh, you. And the products themselves are 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 you can definitely see your personality through it. It's very fun. Uh it's a very cool site. So I, I highly recommend everyone kind of going and checking it out. With that, how do you go from creating, you know, a designer friendly inflatable pool to selling this thing online? You know, I feel like there's some challenges there for a product that, you know, I don't think many people have tried to sell direct to consumer outside of, you know, more of the marketplaces like Amazon's and the Walmart's. Yes. Yeah, so the, the idea for mini dip came from when I was I hosting a party for our friends on a rooftop in Chicago. And because I had this event and interior design background, along with advertising, I wanted all of the details to be perfect. And the thing that was missing was a pool and, you know, to cool off dip our toes in. And I wanted this beautiful stock tank that I grew up with as my pool, um, as a kid in, in St. Louis city. And I, I was trying to convince my husband, boyfriend at the time that that's what we needed for this party and our rooftop experience. And he said, absolutely no way. It's metal, it's heavy, it's a roof, it's a rental, go get an inflatable pool. And there was nothing out there in the market that I knew I wanted seen on my my deck, let alone, you know, something that would be adult friendly, not covered in cartoon fishes and, and dolphins. And so that's when the light bulb went off. But the reason that I felt like it was going to be a perfect um, thing to sell online is because of the reason that I wanted it. I wanted that picture 
perfect moment. And I wanted to create that, that image, um, that was a fun experience in person, but also photographed really beautifully because of my background and, you know, wanting the, the beautiful photo for Instagram or Pinterest or whatnot. So because of the nature of the product being photographable, I felt super confident that it would be easy to sell through imagery, through a website, through social channels. Um, it just naturally was something that you didn't have to see on the shelves of retail or um, super functional looking for just a way to cool off on Amazon where it's more um, of a transactional moment. I knew that we could create imagery that really spoke to the the consumer and our follower through a website and, and create that vibe and, and bring that color that they want in their backyard. So I felt really confident that we would be able to have an online presence that, that really communicated what we wanted, um, even if they weren't, you know, seeing it tactily in their hands and packaging, which is a whole another important step of it. But I, I definitely started out, you know, with just the dot com, knowing that a beautiful photo can go a very long way. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's a, there's definitely a few steps between, you know, having that light bulb moment of, Hey, there's a hole in the market here. And I think yeah. that I, I can help solve this to launching a site and, and kind of getting those first sales and kind of breaking the, the brand. Um, so, you know, how long was it between that party and kind of launching the brand and what were some of the major milestones along the way? Yeah, uh, it actually, t it was about four years. So, um, the, the light bulb moment was in 2013. And, um, you know, it was always that idea sitting in the back of my mind that I wanted to pursue, but I was working so many hours. We were getting married and buying a place that it kind of was always in the back of my mind that I couldn't prioritize. Um, but then, like I said, I, I had mentioned to my husband, I really want my own product. Um, and he reminded me of the idea, thank God, <laughs> because I was like, oh yeah, that was a really great idea. And in those two years, no one had still entered the market with an option that, that was what, you know, but the problem was that what was missing. So, um, got to work right away looking for manufacturers. It was a very long process to find the right manufacturer because it was first to market. It was such, um, you know, an opportunity to create a designer pool, but it wasn't inventing anything. I couldn't protect it from a patent standpoint or any, anything like that. So I had to be so careful with the manufacturers I approached and the way I went about it. Um, I, I mean, I reached out to dozens, but I wasn't going directly to a pool manufacturer because if I had told them the idea, all they had to do was, you know, find some really on-trend patterns and start putting them on the pools that they already had. Um, so the manufacturing process was definitely the longest. Um, because I was doing, you know, a lot of due diligence to make sure I was careful with who I shared the idea with. Um, but besides the manufacturing process taking a long time to get to market, I was able to do everything else myself because of my background, which I was very lucky. I could, you know, I came up with the name, I did the branding, the logo, the packaging, the websites, all of the, the photography, um, you know, we shot our first campaign in our living room and like the, where I'm sitting right now. Um, so I was building the brand was surprisingly quick because I had kind of had it sitting in my mind subconsciously for so many years that by the time it was ready to start building the patterns and doing all of the design elements, um, 
that part was much easier than finding a manufacturer because that was such a new world to me. I had never done that before. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, from 2013 until finally publicly launching in June of 2017, um, four years had passed and we were still first to market, which was crazy to me that nobody saw the opportunity from when I had the idea to when we got to launch it. Yeah. It's funny you say that, like when I, like got to the website and I've been playing, I was like, this is an amazing idea. Like how has no one done, not done this before? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It kept like gnawing on me. I'm like, why is nobody doing this? I have to do it. It's such a, such an opportunity for sure. And a fun, like, you know, first to market of course was important because it wanted to, to create a new category to approach it completely different in the very mini dip way. But um, yeah, it's just a fun product in general and, and space to be in. Absolutely. All right. So you, you've found some manufacturers that you trust. You've got kind of your initial uh, launch put together. Like what, how are you acquiring these customers? How are you getting, you know, you're creating a new category. How are you getting the word out there about this product? Yes. Yeah. So Luckily, our customer acquisition is um, not something we have to invest financially in because we use the social platforms to their full capacity. Um, our brand, like I said, it's such a photographable product that, and I created it for the Instagrams and Pinterests and and all of those platforms um, that we went that direction immediately and started seeding it on Instagram. We created our own content. Um, we started to have influencers reach out to us looking for product, you know, to gift. So they, cause they wanted it in their feed. Um, so we really leveraged building the brand through Instagram at first. Um, more recently it's gone viral on TikTok and, um, continues to grow rapidly on Instagram. But as far as, you know, where we get the people that come to our website, it's definitely, I would say, you know, 75% of the time they saw it on Instagram or TikTok first. And then either that leads to a direct purchase when, you know, we're linking to it on our own Instagram or they see it and then they do, you know, follow up later because they remember the brand and, and, um, they're looking for it later. So we definitely, yeah, building that following, it was, you know, naively, we thought, oh, this is going to be huge on Instagram. It's going to go viral immediately when we launch it. It's definitely a slow build. Um, nothing happens crazy overnight. But once we started getting that traction, um, you know, like right before our second season, it really, uh, you know, pun intended, blew up on uh, the social channels. So we were able to kind of build that following really quickly from there. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Guy can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O. Mesa is the expansion pack for your Shopify store to level up your brand. By turning all your apps into your business epicenter, Mesa can help lighten your workload and tame the day-to-day chaos of running your store. Join successful brands like Mudwater, Chubbies, and Golden to learn how to use clever workflows to get more done without more overhead. Whether you need to order details in Google Sheets, products added on Etsy, or customer information updated in your CRM, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. Browse pre-made templates for Shopify's most popular apps to get your first automation up and running in minutes. Search Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Is your store holiday ready? Now is the time to make sure you and your team are prepared for the busy season ahead. 
Gorgeous, an omni-channel help desk built for e-commerce, has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Merchants can close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Bandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools such as Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. Mention this podcast when you sign up to get two months free. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Today's show is sponsored by the B-Profit app for e-commerce sellers. If you're looking to get a crystal clear picture of your online store's profitability, the best way to do that is with the B-Profit Profit Tracker. Your online business probably has a ton of different expenses that often shift and change. What if you could keep accurate track of things like ad spend and production costs and get an accurate profit margin calculation without the headache of spreadsheets or half-baked apps? That's where B-Profit comes in. B-Profit lets you analyze all of your store's data quickly and accurately to stay on track and optimize your profits. I know a lot of our listeners out there probably keep track of their profits and expenses with a spreadsheet. That will work for a while, but as your store starts to scale up, that simply isn't a viable method of accurately measuring profitability anymore. B-Profit can change all of that for you. Available on Shopify and all the other top e-commerce platforms, the app offers advanced analytic tools to turn mountains of data into intuitive charts and graphs in the blink of an eye. Customize your dashboard, discover valuable insights, and zoom in on the metrics that matter most to you. Take it a step further and gain full control over your data by creating and exporting custom reports. You can even find out which are your most valuable products, top performing ads, best customer cohorts, and so much more with the B Profit Profit Tracker. Visit bprofit.co today to start your seven day trial. Don't forget to use code HONEST15, that's H O N E S T 15, to get an exclusive 15% off any plan you choose for the lifetime of your plan. That's bprofit.co, discount code H-O-N-E-S-T-1-5. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So I gotta I gotta ask some more like tactical questions. I know a lot of influencer seating is a huge thing. These days, you know, it, you know, I don't even think the term influencer seating was like a thing last year, to be honest. <laughs> and now it's like it's so for a brand that is thinking that, you know, that might be a good opportunity for them. Like, how do you how do you get started? Do you just 
make a list of influencers and reach out to them? Um, it is super tricky. Even, you know, this is going to be our fifth year. We're still navigating it because yeah, like you said, it wasn't, there were bloggers, I would say when I launched in 2017, Instagram was just starting to kind of be more of a, a place where people aren't just posting like what they ate that day. It was starting to be a spot for brands to, you know, have a conversation with people. Um, so when we first started out, it was more reaching out to the influencers or the people, the bloggers, I would say that had a Instagram presence that I admired and followed that I felt were similar from a brand perspective. Um, you know, they had colorful feeds, they cared about nicely designed elements. They were designers themselves. So we started to really um, you know, I was looking at people that felt like a similar brand presence so that if someone's following them, obviously, you know, it's a natural progression for them to want to follow us or, or know about mini dip because, um, it feels so similar. It has completely evolved. It's much more of a, uh, you have to be so much more strategic versus kind of just, exploring and, and taking chances. It was really hard in the beginning to start seeding influencers because we had limited inventory. Shipping it was so expensive that we couldn't dedicate like an influencer budget or um, content creation budget. So we had to start out really small and organically. And then the larger, you know, our business got, we could be very more streamlined and, and strategic with the type of, of influencers that we wanted to reach out to, whether it be they could create content that looks great and um, is like-minded with Minidip, or we really want to reach their following because they have a really engaged follow, um, you know, following on their Instagram. So we really want to like kind of activate that, but you have to be so careful because now it is very um, not lucrative, but it, it, you know, influencers can, can make a lot of money that there's a lot of people trying to fake it. And so you have to really deep dive, like, do they truly have engagement? Are they buying their followers? Are they buying their likes? Because we've partnered with some people that I'm like, oh, this would be a huge opportunity of so many followers. And, you know, you do a giveaway and you get maybe five followers out of it because then you realize you start going through the feed. You're like, oh, these are all fake. These are all robots. Um, or bots, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you can't ignore it anymore. I think it's, it's such an important strategy. If you are, uh, you know, an e-commerce site where you're trying to direct traffic directly, it's a great platform and you can get scrappy and creative with the ways you do that without having a big budget, especially in the beginning. But, um, you can't just take kind of the word of someone that reaches out to you or that you reach out to you got it. You want to do your research for sure. Yeah, I've definitely heard uh, some horror stories as well on my end. And it, it, some people are approaching it very transactionally, which is not the way. It's definitely you need to build some relationships there. Yes. To, you want to be in it for the long term because if it works out, you're going to want to do it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is, I mean, you can't be everywhere as a small brand. So it really opens up your network of... Yeah. It, advocates, you know, if they love your brand, like they're coming to you every season because they want, they want the new pool too. the, the way that our business operates, they want that year's design. So yeah, you want to build relationships where you trust and you know that they're going to follow through, but also that they truly do love the brand because that's word of mouth is always the best. So you want it to feel authentic. Absolutely. So I got a, I got a question for you and you alluded to this earlier that, you know, you can't copyright or trademark this thing. You're putting patterns on, on pools. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know there's been some competition that's come out, you know, how do you handle that? And do you have any advice for other people that are scared to get their ideas stolen? Yeah. 
like I said, you want to be really careful before you take it to market. If you have something that is ripe to be um, copied, which I knew because of the opportunity, it was a no brainer. I expected the competition to be directly behind us. Um, I, you know, didn't think it'd be counterfeit so quickly and or blatant, uh, like copycat products hitting the market as fast as they did. But I definitely expected the bigger brands to be like, oh, why didn't we think of that? And then start introducing it as well. So um, the way to protect what you can is definitely be careful with, you know, who you share, share your idea with in the beginning, um, have them sign NDAs um, just to, to kind of protect that conversation until you're ready to go public with it. And then, um, you know, I, I copyright all of our patterns so that the patterns themselves are protected, but yeah, we're applying it to a classic shape that's been around since the fifties. So we weren't inventing anything there, but I did, you know, after we introduced that, I do have design patents in the, the shapes that I created since. So our scalloped pool is patented. Um, I'm really proud of that because I, you know, created that from scratch and, and built something new and it's become our most iconic uh, mini dip to date. So IP is really, you know, it's an investment and that was definitely part of the investment we had up front, trademarking your name. Um, but that was so important because knowing people would copy the product itself, my focus was building the brand. So the brand name, the the ethos of the brand, the way it looks, the way the packaging is, the, the web presence, all of those things were so important so that people want the actual brand. They don't want the copycat. They don't want the, the knockoff. Um, they feel a connection to the brand itself. So... Definitely, you know, expect competitors are going to be right behind you because they're, you know, big businesses, they plan on following or watching smaller businesses, create markets, do the legwork, do the proof of concept because it's expensive to do that part. So if you have proof of concept and it's working and there's demand, they're going to be right behind you, um, kind of, you know, riding your coattails. So just expect it, but protect what you can in the beginning and really invest on innovating and and defining your brand and what is different that the others can't copy because that's that's what people want they want a, the full package not just a specific product yeah absolutely i mean that's the the whole industry of r&d is all about like coming up with ideas and half the thing it's more than half of the stuff that people are working on there just never see the light of day right um and you know i've gone down a crazy youtube rabbit hole lately of watching just like the history of toys and that that <laughs> industry is wild yeah. and ripe with thievery <laughs> For sure. So competitive. Absolutely. Because the attention span too. Yeah. You want the Tickle Me Elmo, right? You want that one viral product that everybody has to have that season for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so Emily, is there is there anything that I forgot to ask you about that you think would resonate with our audience? I mean, we talked about social importance. I'm trying to think of my notes. I guess um, I don't know if there's anything because I know it's, you know, the e-commerce side. Obviously, we have our retail and wholesale um, side, but like we, I mean, I develop our website today and use Squarespace. I don't know if any of that type of information is helpful, but um, just how do you kind of start? Like we fulfill all of our stuff ourselves, like, but I don't know, you know, like super actionable. So people that are a little bit more technical savvy can notice that you're currently on Squarespace for your e-commerce platform. Uh, and we kind of talked a little bit beforehand and you're, you're looking to make a jump over to Shopify. Um, you know, what's driving that decision? That's a big, that's a big decision to make. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a decision that we've been trying to switch over for a couple of years, to be honest. Um, so 
I started on Squarespace because that was a platform that I was familiar with, with making, you know, art portfolios, service-based clientele. Um, I was building their websites there. So I'm just super familiar with the platform. Um, but switching over from, you know, my design blog and, and, um, more service-based industry stuff to an e-com, uh, element was tough because it's not set up for e-com. Squarespace was not intended to be an e-commerce platform. So I've definitely, you know, done research and plan to switch to Shopify because there's so many more plugins, um, so many more developers that if you want something super custom, um, you're able to do that in, in Shopify. Like for example, I really want a bundling package where, you know, you get a discount if you take three different SKUs and, and purchase them all at one time, there's no way to do that in Squarespace. Um, so there definitely is limitations. I would say the reason is because I need the flexibility to launch a product on the fly or update imagery immediately that because that's just what I'm most familiar with it, that's been the hurdle of why we haven't transitioned yet. But for two years, we feel like there's definitely limitations. Um, I will say Squarespace is trying. They're, they're adding more e-com elements that have made it, you know, be able to grow with us, but, um, you know, not enough to have no limitations or challenges. So we definitely look to, to switch to Shopify as soon as possible. Yeah, I've had I've had uh, similar conversations with a lot of merchants and Squarespace is easy to get set up with and to get something that looks pretty good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to knock them. Their design is, is top notch and they, they have some really cool art direction over there. But you, you are absolutely right. It is uh, lacking in features and functionality. And, right. you know, at the end of the day, like e-commerce was an afterthought for that product. Yes. Uh, and it starts to shine once you have a real business on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Once we're like really trying to do, you know, inventory uh, management and fulfillment directly through it, the, the way it can sync up with the other platforms that we're using on the back end, um, definitely, you know, everything works with Shopify. It's, we have to find a lot of workarounds um, currently. So ho hoping to transition very soon. <laughs> The new product, obviously, this will come out and it'll probably still be cold, unfortunately. Both of, <laughs> we were just complaining about, you know, both being in the Midwest and it's freezing today. Yes. Um, but, you know, if people are starting to plan ahead for the the, the summer, uh, when's the new design going to come out and where should they go to check it out? Yeah, our spring collection launches at the beginning of March. Um, and then we have different collections, capsule collections that will launch through um, to the beginning of summer. And you can see everything on our website, minidip.com. That's minidip with two N's super important. So M-I-N-N-I-D-I-P, uh, like skinny dip, if you need to remember. And then our Instagram, that's where we put all of our uh, announcements, teasers, any upcoming news. Um, so definitely you can follow us there. Absolutely. Emily, thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.